of Mark chapter number 2 and verse number 13. The Bible says, And when he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at their seat of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Father, I pray tonight in Jesus' name, Lord, that you'll bless the reading of thy word, speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd help us to be obedient to the will of God in our life tonight. We'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach a simple message tonight on this subject, on God's call to service. God's call to service. When I think about this text here, I notice in this text here the master, as the Bible says, and he went forth again by the seaside. Jesus is always, as we see him in the Gospels, he has taken the initiative. And I want to say whether it's in salvation or whether it be in service, the, the Lord Jesus Christ always takes the initiative in our life. Amen? Now, I'm not a Calvinist, but I will say this, but I do believe tonight that the Holy Spirit, or I believe tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ has more of a desire to save the sinner than even the sinner has a desire to be saved. Amen? And so if you want to be saved tonight, you can be saved because there's a Savior that's willing to save you. You say, preacher, do you believe he'd be willing to save you? Well, I would answer it like this. He was willing to die for you, and if he was willing to die for you, don't you think that he would be willing to save you? Amen? If he gave his life, then certainly he will take yours in place of that. And not only would I say that, not only is he willing to save you, but he wants to save you tonight. Amen? You say, well, I don't know if I've, if I've reached the point I can't be saved. If you want to be saved, then you've not reached the point that you can't be saved. Amen? And so I see the master, and then I see the multitude. As the Bible said, that the multitude resorted unto him. Now, the multitude was following Christ only for what they could get out of him. They weren't following him for his teaching and his preaching near as much as what they were for his miracles. Amen? They had seen the power of God, but uh, they were more importantly not needing the power of God as much as they needed the word of God, amen? And so we see the master, the multitude, and then there's the ministry of Jesus here in verse number 13 as the Bible said that he taught them. You know, it's great to be healed, but it's even greater to be taught, amen? I think teaching is something that will go with a man or a woman the rest of his lifetime. And so the ministry of Christ was not that he would heal, although he he did that, but it was a byproduct of his ministry. The, Jesus said himself in Luke chapter number 19 and verse number 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And so there's the ministry. And then there's this man in verse number 14 that I want us to look at for a few moments tonight. The Bible said that as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Now, we know that this is Matthew and Jesus has come Matthew's way. And as he comes to Matthew here, we know that Matthew was chosen by Christ. Matthew did not go seeking Jesus, but Jesus went seeking Matthew. You say, well now preacher, uh, I think when you get saved, you ought to seek the Lord, and I believe that. But I want to tell you, long before Zacchaeus ever sought Jesus, guess what? Jesus was to pass by that way. Jesus was, to, was seeking after him, and I'm glad he came looking for me, aren't you? I, I'm glad for the day I found him, but long before I found him, he knew where 
where I was, amen. I couldn't get to where God was, as Square Parsons said, but when I could not go to where he was, I thank God he came to me, amen. And so we see here that he was chosen. He's chosen for service, amen, not for salvation. And we know that man has a choice, he has a will, he's a free moral agent, he can receive salvation or he can reject it. But Matthew is chosen by Christ here for service and not only is he chosen by Christ, but he is challenged by Christ. Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me. In other words, he wants Matthew to leave everything he has and everybody he knows behind and he wants him to follow him. You know, if you ever serve God, you're gonna have to step out on faith and there your faith is gonna be challenged, it's gonna be tested. You're gonna have to get out of your comfort zone if you're ever gonna do what God wants you to do, amen? Now, I know everybody can't be a missionary. Everybody can't be a pastor. Everybody can't be an evangelist. But everybody has been called that, that are saved. We've been called to serve God in some capacity. Amen. And I would stop and say this. If you won't serve him in your local church, you're not going to serve him when you get out there from your local church. Amen. And what I'm saying is I wouldn't give a plug nickel for a pastor, an evangelist, or a missionary that wouldn't go on visitation, that wouldn't do some work and labor around the church. Amen. If they're lazy in the church, they'll be lazy when they get on whatever field of service it is uh, that they have surrendered to. So Matthew is chosen by Christ and then Matthew is challenged by Christ, but I see here that Matthew is called by Christ. Jesus comes to him in verse number 14 and the Bible said that he said unto him, follow me. You see, this gets personal in Matthew's life. Now I want to tell you the call of God in all of our life tonight is personal. Again, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a pastor tonight. But God's got a will for every one of us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. There are people that he is going to put in our pathway. There is a journey through this Christian life and there is a goal that he has for all of us. It's not to, to make money and to have a good life and to have a good home and, and to raise a family and all of those things are, are things that we ought to do. But there's a greater goal. That goal, uh, my friend, it, it has to do with the will of God, bringing glory to his name. It has a, it, that goal has to do with the souls of men and eternity. Yes, God gave you a job and yes he gave you a family and he gave you all of these things in life to enjoy but the big picture is not these things the big picture is between you and him and whether or not you're fulfilling the will of God in your life I would say to every one of us tonight what we need to do is we need to find the will of God we need to follow the will of God and we need to fulfill the will of God in all of our life amen what you're going to see tonight or what I want you to see tonight concerning Matthew and the concern concerning the call of God to service is three simple things in this text here I think will help all of us tonight when it comes to not just doing but knowing God's will. Amen. You see, you can't do God's will if you don't know what God's will is. I promise you tonight you don't need to sit around and try to figure out God's will. You cannot figure out the will of God. If I was to sit down tonight and try to figure out the will of God, there's no way I can do that. 
I don't know what God's will is for my life. I mean, I know the things that he has currently placed in my life and I am to do those things, to, to be a husband, to be a father, to be a pastor. Those are things that I know is his will in my life, but to try to see into the future and to see what God wants me to do would be virtually impossible, amen? You say, well, preacher, if I don't know the will of God, then how do I find the will of God? I'm gonna tell you how to find the will of God tonight. Very simply put, surrender to God's will and God, will let you fulfill his will for your life. In other words, Brother George, you don't gotta figure out what does God want me to do? What does God want me to be? No, you just get up and say, Lord, I surrender my will to your will and God, whatever it is you want me to do, you lead me, you guide me, you direct me and I promise you if you surrender to the will of God in its own time, in its own plan, in its own volition, God will make that will known unto you, Amen. You don't gotta go seeking after that. I've seen a lot of people, and you have too, try to figure it out or seek it out. It never works out. My friend, but when we surrender and we just simply do the will of God today, you know what the will of God does? It unfolds one day at a time. You're not gonna tell me what he wants me to do a month from now or six years from now, or seven years from now. I don't even know if I'll even be alive a month from now, or six years from now. So the only thing I can do is do what I'm supposed to be doing today, and then get up and do that tomorrow, and get up and do that the next day. And it's up to God. The burden is not on my shoulders. The burden is on his shoulders to, to move the pieces in place, to, to open the doors and close the doors, and to send in the resources, to send in the answer, and even to let me know when I need to know what I need to know, when to do it. If that makes sense, amen. Talking about the God's call to service tonight. God's called every one of us to serve. And the reason the church is so weak today is because few serve and many sit. Think about this tonight. Matthew, three things concerning God's call of service. Number one, Matthew heard the call, amen. He hears God's call in verse number 14. Now, I wanna say something about what he heard. Number one, what he heard was very short. Notice the Bible said in verse number 14, and as he passed by, the will of God is passing Matthew by. Do you realize tonight that the will of God is a short call? The Lord calls Matthew as he passed by. It was his first call to service but it was also his final call to service. If Matthew delays in this text, he will miss the will of God. You see, tonight, you can miss your calling by waiting too long to answer God. Matthew had no, uh, he had no, it was a very clear call. The will of God is very clear, that call in our life. But when you hear that call and you know that call, you know what you're supposed to do? You're to answer that call. You see, when God called me to salvation, I answered that call. When he called me to preach, I answered that call. I didn't know what all that entangled or entold. I didn't step out and start making great plans the, the day that I answered that call. The rest of that is up to him. But as he passes by, when he speaks to our heart, we are to answer that call for it was a short call in his life. It was a specific call. He sees Levi, the son of Alphaeus. He sees him sitting at the receipt of custom and he speaks to him specifically. You see, when God calls you to do something, he's gonna talk to you specifically, amen? Don't look at somebody else and, and measure your life by their life. Don't look at some preacher or some Sunday school teacher or somebody else that's doing the will of God in their life and say, well, you know what? They're doing that and so I think I'll just do what they're doing. That don't work tonight. Y'all still with me out there? 
What I'm saying is you can't compare one to another. You know, sometimes even in a church, I would say to you preachers, whatever your burden is tonight, thank God for your burden, but realize everybody else don't have that burden. Isn't that right? I don't have a burden tonight for the radio ministry. It doesn't mean that God couldn't give me one. It doesn't mean that God couldn't place it on my heart. But Brother Ballou had a, a burden for the radio ministry. But why? Because God laid it on his heart. He didn't go seeking to be a radio preacher, but God put him in that. And God guided him and he provided and paid the bill every month. But God has not called me to start a radio ministry. And I'm not to start one because it's a good idea or to start one because somebody wants me to start one. I'm not even supposed to start one if somebody came up tonight and gave me the money and say, I want to buy some radio time. I want you to start preaching on the radio. Listen, the call of God for service is specific. You're going to hear that call. He's going to talk to you and let you know that's his will for your life. Specific. Then I want to say tonight, the call of God to service is simple. You know what I like about verse number 14? Jesus only said two words to him. Follow me. You know, sometimes I read what Jesus says to people. Have you ever thought this? I thought, Brother Lady, wonder why he didn't say more. He walks up to Matthew who doesn't even know who he is. I mean, Matthew knew he was Jesus, but they've not had a, a, an intimate a, a friendship or relationship to this point. He walks up to him and says, follow me. But I'm gonna tell you, it's not what he said. It's the way he said what he said. Follow me. Isn't that simple tonight? I'm gonna tell you something about the will of God tonight. It's simple. When God calls you, it's just simple. I don't believe in mysticism and, and sensationalism. Uh, you know, I, do God, I know God does mysterious things. I know he's a powerful God. He's a miracle-working God. But he gave us a brain for a reason. Isn't that right? He gave us a book for a reason. Isn't that right? And I'm astounded at people that, that they base the will of God and the call of God on, on certain things that happens in their life or, or certain places. I'm gonna tell you what the will of God needs to be based on. It needs to be based on the brain, the common sense, the reasoning that God put in your head and the book that he put in your hand, amen? And if you'll just read the book, read the instructions, read the book, stay in the book, God will let that brain work with that book and the call of God is not mystical, it's not sensational. I wanna tell you the call of God God, my friend, it is spiritual, but it is simple tonight, amen. In other words, I had a family members that used to say this. They had, they had tons of sayings like this. Well, you know, if a bird flies and hits the window, somebody in the family is gonna die in three days. Y'all ever, anybody ever heard that? One, two. That used to scare me to death when I was a kid. Especially when it hit my window. <laughs> and so, you know, somebody in the family's gonna die. Bird flies in the window. Somebody's gonna die in three days. And here I was going around day number one, day number two. And I thought, man, I hope it ain't nobody in the family I love. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Some of them distant uncles and cousins, you know. Let some of them go, but don't take nobody precious to me, amen? And I'm talking about, you know, they always had sayings. You know, I found out when you get in church, there's people that's got th theology like that. Well, you know, I was coming down the road the other day, and I'll tell you the most unusual sunrise come up, uh, and I'll tell you about the time that sunrise come up, this certain song came on the radio, and I just knew right then God wanted me to do something. You better have a chapter and verse before you launch out on something. It better be more than a sunrise uh, and a song, friend. Uh, I'm talking about God's word is in our life for a reason and the call of God it is simple tonight amen I want to 
going to say it is spiritual. He wasn't calling Matthew to do his will, Matthew's will. He was calling Matthew to do God's will for his life. And I want to say tonight, if you're ever going to serve God, you've got to get past your own will. Amen. You can't, you can't decide what you're going to be. You can't decide you're going to be a preacher. Can I get an amen over here? You can't decide. You, Matthew had to hear the call. He had to hear what Jesus was saying. Hey, going to the mission field is wonderful, but you can't decide to go to the mission field. Do you know if I was to get on a plane and go to Africa tonight, and if I was to see all those hungry people and all those naked people running around, I listen with, and malnutrition and see the poverty and everything that, that they are going through. I'm gonna tell you something. The Bible says your eye affecteth your heart. Isn't that right? If I was to see that, and there's nothing wrong, I think we all to make trips and see things so that our eye would affect our heart. But if I was to see that tonight, do you know there's no doubt I would come back with a burden? Amen. I mean, how could you go and look at that and see the condition they're in and see the hungriness of people for the word of God and not come back with a burden? Amen. But a burden does not constitute a call. Amen. Just because somebody says they've got a burden for something, that's not enough because burdens come and burdens go. Amen. I'll be honest with you. There's been times I look back, I've had a burden for this church. There's times I've lost that burden. Haven't you ever been that way? Sometimes the burden would be so heavy. And sometimes I couldn't seem to get no burden at all. But the call never changes. When the burden's not there, the call will keep you there. Is that right? You better have a call, friend. And God's call is spiritual. And God's call is spontaneous. Matthew was not even expecting this. You know, it's the way God calls people. They're never expecting it. When God calls somebody to preach, they're usually, well, they would say something like this. Well, I, I thought I'd be the last person to be a preacher. They, they think, man, I, I never thought God would call me. I never thought God could use somebody like me. That's the ones God calls. Those that thinks they have something to offer. Those that thinks that, well, I could do this. I, I could be a, a preacher. I could be this or I could do that. You need to go to the back of the line, friend, amen? Because even if you ever are called, you're not ready, amen? The call of God is so spontaneous that it takes you by surprise. Now, I think that all these other things will fall in line and you'll be able to look back and see. But I'm telling you the call of God tonight, and oftentimes those that hear it are those that least expect it. It's those that do not feel qualified. That keeps the humility in our service tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, if a man thinks he is a good Sunday school teacher, he's not learned anything. Isn't that right? If a preacher thinks he can preach, then he's not learned anything and he can't preach. He hasn't learned the first thing about preaching. Amen. I'm talking about whatever that is tonight that we serve him. It's a spontaneous service. What I would say to us, do not be surprised at what God may have you to do in your local church. Is that right? If you have an opportunity to serve, don't look and say, well, I, I could never do that. You know, don't say, well, I, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't vacuum the floor. I, I know you could. Well, I, preacher, I just can't. I mean, you're talking about hours of, of cleaning and vacuuming. I, I, I'm so busy. Well, if God wants you to, you better hear that tonight. I guarantee you in this church, there are so many things around here that need to be done, could be done, and people that could do those things if you just hear. Amen. 
could hear his voice. Sometimes, and I don't think I've heard it in this church, and I pray we never do, but in a lot of churches you do hear people say, well, I wonder why this hasn't been done. I wonder why that didn't get done. I, I can answer that question. Because there wasn't somebody to do it. Or if you say, well, so-and-so was supposed to do that. Maybe they're overworked. Maybe they need help. Boy, it's quiet, isn't it, right now? Do you know they say that statistically it take, it's less than 25% of the people of the congregation that are working and serving? I'm not saying that is so, but it probably is so. I understand there's people that physically cannot do. I'm not talking about that. Everybody can do something. You can pray. There are people that physically can't do anything, but they, can, they pray for the services. That's as important as anything that goes on around here. But what I'm saying is if you're well-bodied and able, you ought to serve in your local church. Can I get a witness? You ought to do something. You don't have to have a title or trophy or anything. I don't have to have none of those things tonight. There's always something to be done. If it's pick up paper or off the premises, wouldn't that be a blessing? If, if somebody picked up all the paper around the church every week and, and didn't ever complain about it, just picked up paper and thank God that there was a bunch of irresponsible babies that threw paper down so they would have a job to do, that they could pick up paper around the church, amen? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't laugh on that, maybe, maybe, but I'm telling you it's the truth, isn't it? I mean, there's always something that can be done. There's always jobs. But you gotta hear that call. Secondly, not only did he hear the call, but I see here that Matthew heeded the call. He did something about it. You say, what did Matthew do? He, he surrendered in obedience. I want to tell you tonight to serve God. We have to hear, but we have to heed. It demands an immediate response. He doesn't have time to sit around and weigh this out and figure this out and wonder, well, uh, is it the right timing now, Lord, or, or, or do I have time to do this? No, he surrendered in obedience. He, he did what God had called him to do at that very instant. When Jesus called, he stepped out. That's the way I want to live my life, don't you? When I hear that call, I want to step out and answer that call. There may be fear in my heart. There may be a lack of faith in my life, but I want to just step Step on out and say, Lord, if that's what you've called me to do, then that's what I want to do by your grace and by your mercy. I'm talking about God's call to service. Number one, it has to be heard, but it doesn't stop there. Number two, it has to be heeded. And Matthew, he heeds that call. He, the Bible said here in this text that he arose. That is action on Matthew's part, that he is not just hearing, but now he's putting into action what he has heard. I don't want to get to the place where I go to the altar, get up, go back to my seat and never put in the shoe leather what's been preached. Brother, I'm saying tonight, when we serve God, we heed that call tonight. When we heed his call, he answered that call. He arose to the occasion that was set before him. He surrendered in obedience. If you want to heed God's call tonight, don't, don't try to figure out if you're, big, if you're big enough to fulfill that call in your life. Just surrender in obedience. Not only that, but I see here that this was an opportunity. He sought the opportunity that was before him. He didn't know where Jesus was going. He didn't know what Jesus wanted him to do. He just knew that Jesus wanted him to follow him and he he saw that as an opportunity of a lifetime. Oh, I wish tonight that we could all view the call of God as an opportunity of a lifetime. You remember where you were when God found you and it's good and I thank God that he saved you from hell tonight but he could have saved us and never used us for anything. He could have saved us and put us on a shelf and kept us out of hell and that would have been enough to sing praises throughout eternity but God said, I want to do more than just pull you out of the pit. I want to put my hand on your life. I want to mold 
mold you and make you and fashion you so that I can use you in the service of God. Oftentimes we look at it as a burden, a drudgery, a weight, a heaviness. I want to tell you something. Anything that we can do for the cause of Christ to serve him, it is an opportunity of a lifetime to serve Jesus. Amen. Young people, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life on the things of this world. No, nothing wrong with getting a good education. Get you a good education. I don't think God's people ought to be dumb. I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with, with, with saved Christians going to college and, and you ought to go to college and, and get a good education if that is the will of God for your life. But listen, if you, it's not the will of God for your life. If it's some field of service, if it's some active part of serving God, then don't hang your head in that. Listen, serve God. Give your life for the cause of Christ. Amen. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. I'm 100% for education. I'm for college. I'm not against college by no means. I think you know that. But we live in a society that they'll say, now here's what you need to do. You need to get good grades and you do need to get good grades. Amen. Got three amens. Y'all parents believe that, don't you? You need to get good grades. You need to give your best in your schoolwork. That's the will of God for your life right now. And you need to get good grades. And if God wills it and God wants it and he makes a way and he wants you to go to college, uh, uh, some uh, college and, and get some degree in some area, I think that's wonderful too. And you ought to do it if it's the will of God. But if he calls you to be a missionary, an evangelist, he calls you to be a pastor, he calls you to be a preacher's wife or, or whatever it is, don't hang your head in shame. Uh, uh, go on and do the will of God and serve God. Amen. Because life is not about the abundance of things uh, and life is not about getting rich. Uh, Life is about using your life to bring glory and honor to God and serve Jesus all the days of your life. I want to say this was an opportunity. He surrendered in obedience. He sought the opportunity. And I'll tell you what else he did in this text. It's amazing. He stranded his occupation. You think about what Matthew does here. Matthew has got a good job. He's He's got a government job. He's a tax collector. He's making in the he's rolling into money. And I'm going to tell you the call of God is a sacrificial call, friend. He's faced with a decision. Is he going to go with God or the government? Is it going to be God or mammon? Is there going to be a life of following Jesus and serving him and probably living in poverty and, and, and living a life that, that in this world it'll never pay, but it'll pay in eternity in the world to come? Or will he live for the almighty dollar? I'm telling you tonight, friend, everybody has to work a job. Everybody has to make money. And I don't think God's in anybody's laying at home and being lazy and just sitting under the air conditioner and never doing anything. Somebody say, man, you ought to get up every day and work and be productive. That, that's the will of God for our life. And if a man don't work, he don't eat. Somebody say amen right there. And if he don't work, he's worse than an infidel. I don't think no boy ought to be lazy. No young girl ought to be lazy. You ought to be learn how to cook and clean and iron and, and do all those things and put creases uh, in clothes. If you're a lady and you boys ought to know how to mow a yard and run a weed eater, amen. And you ought to know how to get out and do some things and sweat. All that stuff is important. But I'm gonna tell you something. Every bit of that plays in the will of God tonight. If you don't learn character when you're young, you'll be lazy when you're older. But I'll tell you, there comes a time when you have to put God's will above the financial gain of this world. How many people, and I understand, there are certain jobs that, you know, today in the society we live in, people have to work and 
They have to miss church at time from time to time. I'm not, I'm not fussing about that. I understand those type of things. It's one thing when you're in a situation where you have to work. It's another thing when you put yourself in a situation where you have to work. It's another thing when you volunteer to miss church. I'll tell you what, I thank God when I worked on a public job, they, they, a lot of wins, we worked 12-hour shifts. And a lot of Wednesdays, I would pray. I'd say, now, Lord, I, I'm a preacher, and you, I know you called me to preach, and, and I know that I, I, I'm not throwing a stone when I say this, but I said, Lord, I want to be at church on Wednesday. And, uh, Lord, would you work it out? And you know what? God worked it out for me. Now, I know that don't happen for everybody, but if you get earnest enough, it probably would. I'm not beating people up for missing Wednesday night work. I understand that. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there are people that volunteer. There are people that, well, you know what? If I work, I'm going to make extra money. I'd rather have God as have gold in my pocket. Are y'all with me? I hope I didn't kill it on Sunday night. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying that Matthew, he heeded that call. He, he sought that opportunity that was before him. And not many are willing to, to leave all and follow Jesus again. Somebody's got to work the blue-collar job. Somebody's got to pay tithes. Somebody's got to put missionaries on the field. We all have a part. Somebody's got to bring in the money. Everybody can't go to the mission field. Everybody can't go pastor a church. Somebody's got to work in the mill. Somebody's got to sit behind the desk, amen? But that's the will of God for some. But for others tonight, maybe the will of God is that God is calling you to a service to leave all. Matthew heard the call. He heeded the call. Then I'll say this. Matthew honored the call. You know what he did? Look at verse number 15. It came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat, notice this, in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples for there were many and they followed him. You know what Matthew does? He opens his heart and he opens his home to Jesus and the sinners. You know what Christ wants us to do tonight? He wants us to open our heart to his will and to sinners tonight. Tonight, how many people is going to heaven because of me? How many people tonight are going to heaven because I've witnessed to them? Because I've took time to pray for them? How many tonight? Well, that's a convicting thought, isn't it? How many people tonight have I invested? Those people that you work with, you say, oh, preacher, I work with a bunch of heathens. I've worked with heathens before. Curse God. Mock church. Make fun of you because you go to church. Go into work on Monday morning in the break room and they'll say things like this. Well, what did you do, preacher, this weekend? They know what I did. I said, I went to church and we shouted all day Sunday. I just, they'd say, well, they'll say little things. They'll say, oh, everybody be quiet. You know, so-and-so's here and he's a Christian. That's why I appreciate that. Amen. You see what I'm saying is as you work with heathens, there's a reason God put you there. I worked five years in one plant. I thought it was the, I'm telling you, I thought it was the end of the grave. I did. It was a dungeon. Walked in that place, worked there five years. You walked inside, I had this job where I drove this uh, transporter that you'd have to go down and you'd change these batteries and, and sure enough where the batteries was at, I'll tell you what they did in the 50s. They went, Brother Mike, off the size of a, side of a dirt hill about three times as high as that one out there. They went off the side of a dirt hill and they just, they just run a steel beam and just run off of it and they just kind of closed the wall in and then they started putting racks to put all these carpets in and that little hallway where all that dirt was about three stories high is where they put all them batteries that had to be changed. 
I drive that transporter in there. He said, well, that's not too bad of a job. The only problem is up in them dark places up in there, it was full of bats. <laughs> I hated going in there. There's two things I don't like in life. It's bats and rats. <laughs> Amen. And that hallway probably had both of them. Amen. The bats ate the rats is probably what happened. I'd go in there, and I'm telling you, as I'd go in there, I could hear them things up in there. Take that battery and big old battery, change it over here and put it, and the whole time I'm doing this. You know? I'm looking up. I'll tell you one thing. If you got sin in your life, you'd get it right if you was going in there. Amen. I thought, man, if I ain't living right, one of the things going to come down. Amen. And I hated that place. And I'd pray. I'd say, Lord, would you get me out of here? I'd hear nothing. God, I could be doing so much more if you just get me out of here. Nothing. And one day I went to work and I said, you know, Lord, if this is where you want me the rest of my life, with me and these batteries and these bats, if that's where I'm going to be. I said, there must be a reason. And there was a reason. There was one man that worked with me he was five years older than I was. I witnessed of this man. We talked about the Lord. He was a heathen and a half. And we talked about the Lord. He lived about a half a mile down the road from the church that we was attending. And I remember the morning we got the call to work that he was in a head-on collision. and He died and went out into eternity without God. I'm not telling you I witnessed to him like I wished I would have. But we had conversations. We, we talked about the Lord. I knew he was lost. I knew he needed to be saved. And I want to tell you, that morning we got that call, there was just all day long, there was just a quietness in the plant. He was on his way to work that morning. As I was going in there, in that hallway, I thought to myself, as I was thinking about him and, and all, and I was thinking about wanting to get out of this plant, and I, I really just despised that place so much. You would go in, it would be dark, it was dark inside the plant. You couldn't, there wasn't a window in the whole place. And Brother David, when you came out, it was dark. I lived in darkness for all those years. But I'll tell you, that day I come out of there and I thought to myself, God, there's a mission field right here. You've got me here for a reason, for a time. Heed the call of God. Honor the call. Don't complain about what you're doing in life. God's got you there. Amen. You know, I think the things that we think are great big things that we're supposed to be doing, it's not true. It's the ordinary things. It's the everyday life. So how do you know that? Look at Jesus' life. Oh, I know he's baptized by John. He preached, for, uh, he preached to multitudes on, on the Jordan River. And you think about all the miracles and the teaching and the, min and the preaching ministry of Christ. And, and, then, and then he went to the cross and through the streets of Jerusalem and up Golgotha's hillside. And he died in darkness during those three hours. And he cried and the rocks rent and the veil rent. And then three days later, he come out victorious. What a great life in three years. But he lived 33 years. And 30 of those years, he was a carpenter. Lived a peasant life. Got up every day and went through the ordinary day of life. It was God's call to service for his life. Just ordinary days. Tomorrow's an ordinary day for all of us, isn't it? But it's God's will. It's God's call. And I'll say this in closing tonight as they get us a song ready. Honor God's call. He opened his heart. He opened his home to the Lord. 
God's call to service tonight, if you think about it at the end, Christ was pleased. Matthew was blessed and sinners came to know Jesus as a result of Matthew's obedience to the will of God for his life. As we stand, I want to ask you this question tonight. Have you heard God's call? What's he calling you to do tonight?